if you have your Bibles, open your Bibles to the book of Ephesians. Ephesians chapter 1. And um, I want to look at, I want to look at verse 3. We did verses 1 to 2 last week. I want to do verse 3 today. Verse 3, 4, and 5. If you have a say, amen. If you, if you can stand for the reading of God's word, if you can. All right. Now, if you're cute, then you can stand. But if you have an issue and you can't stand, then that's all right. All right. Amen. Verse 3. Blessed be the God and Father of our Lord Jesus Christ, who has blessed us with every what? Spiritual blessings what? In heavenly places, right? All right. I'm going to keep reading. That ain't the one I want. Uh, But I'm going to keep reading. Just as he chose us in him before the foundation of the world, that we would be what? Holy and blameless before him in love. I'm going to deal with verse 5 today. He predestines, verse 6, he predestined us to what? Adoption as sons through Jesus Christ into him, to himself, according to the kind intention of his will, to the praise and the glory of of his grace, which he freely bestowed on us in the beloved. Verse 7. In him we have redemption through the blood, through his blood. The what? The forgiveness of our trespasses according to what? The riches of his grace. Watch this. Which he lavished on us. In all wisdom and insight. I want to talk about today practical spiritual blessings part two. Spiritual blessings part two. How many people can honestly say that you have been blessed materially in this life? Amen. That you recognize that God is the one who handed us everything we have. There is a tendency in this life to miss the one who's doing the blessing. To underappreciate the one. Who's actually blessing us. God will bless you openly. Because you have been with him privately. I'm going to say it one more time. God will bless you. That's scripture. Amen. Openly because you have been with him. Privately. Too many times we're looking for the material while underestimating the spiritual. You see, we put so much value on the physical blessings that we possess that we overlook or underestimate underestimate the spiritual blessings. That we possess as believers. 
You and I must remember this, that everything we have in this life came from God. God's blessings will always be with you. Why? Because you are a child of God. Because you made the choice to accept Jesus Christ as your Lord and Savior. May I say this to you tonight, this morning, I want to say this to you. The reason sometimes we cannot appreciate the spiritual blessing is because we have not matured to the point where we can recognize the spiritual blessings. And while the enemy may try to get you to focus on the material, you must remember it's just an illusion. Because there's nothing that Satan can do to take your spiritual blessings. I'm trying to help somebody. You got to remember that there's nothing that Satan can do. I don't care even on his best day. He cannot take what God has blessed you with spiritually. But here's what he can do though. If he can keep the external pressures on. Amen. If he can keep the pressure of your life, amen, going. If he can keep you off focus, then he can cause us to lose sight of what we really have. I want you to remember this and always remember this, that what you have spiritually, amen, the devil can't take it from you. You know, for instance, we've... You know, we, we, we have developed this relationship with Christ. We have come to a place where we are growing. And then all of a sudden, things start going bad in our lives. All of a sudden, circumstances and situations start happening to you. And you're wondering to yourself, where is God in all of this? I've told you. In this series, that God is always available. Saints, I want to encourage you today to realize that you have more going for you now than you've ever had in your entire life. Do I have anybody? God is not an unfair God, God is a just God. And oftentimes you may not understand what's going on, but you got to remember this, that God's righteousness always demands justice. I'm going to say it one more time. But God's grace always meets the demand of the justice. So therefore, you and I are blessed. We're blessed that we can even come into the presence of God this morning and even sit in his house today and even hear a word from him or much less raise our hands and worship him. Do I have anybody? Paul is writing to this church at Ephesus. And, and, and today I got a few more spiritual blessings I want us to focus on. But, 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 but here's the thing. He's writing to this church because this church was in the time that he writes, this church was in a culture 
that was so materialistic. I told you last week that we're living in the Laodicea time where riches and prosperity is the focus of the day. That people are more interested in material things than they are spiritual things. That there is a great, what the Bible calls in the book of Revelation, a great falling away from the church. That many will go and accumulate teachers for themselves who will tickle their ears and preach messages that has nothing to do with the Bible. The Bible does declare that we are, we will see this happening. Paul writes to them to say to them, thank you for being faithful. Thank you that in the midst of having all these choices, that you've made a choice that you're going to stay with God. Do I have anybody? You see, it's, it's something to know God, but there's something else to stay faithful to God. And I want to encourage someone here today to let you know that whatever you put into this, you're going to get more than you put into it. Come on, help me somebody. That God is not unjust. That God is able to do exceedingly. Come on, somebody. Abundantly, above all that you can ask or even think that the God that we serve who, who blesses us, amen, says that there's nothing that's out of your reach. Amen. By faith. Because without faith, it is impossible to please him. And they that come to him must believe that he is and watch the blessing. And he is a rewarder of those who diligently, people say seek But you got to catch it. It says diligently seek him. Paul writes to this church and say, man, y'all are faithful. And I appreciate your faithfulness because guess what? In light of your culture, you could choose something else. Do you not know that the enemy wants to rob you of every thought of your spiritual blessings? He does. He wants you to not believe or not trust or not focus in on the very things that you have from God. That's why Paul says, blessed be the God and Father of our Lord and Savior Jesus Christ. Who has blessed us with what? I told you this last week. Every, every spiritual blessing. Every spiritual blessing. This word means bountiful. It it, it carries the idea of a eulogy that God is speaking well of me. Don't you want God to tell you one day, well done. Come on, somebody. See, you you see, here's the thing. You, You can't get a well done for material things, but you sure enough can get a well done for spiritual things. Because, because everything you accumulate in this world will fade away. But what you build on now, what you build on now in your life, your spiritual life is what I'm talking about. It will last. Amen. We have to change our focus. But watch this. He goes on down and he says that verse six, he says, verse five, he says he predestined us. I talked about this last week to adoption 
through Jesus Christ to himself according to the kind intention of his will. Verse 6 says, to the praise of the glory of his what? Grace. Which he freely. You know what's crazy about the blessings of God, the spiritual blessings of God? It didn't cost us anything. Do you not know that God chose you before the foundation of the world? Do you not know that he knew every details about your life up until this point? Isn't that that awesome to know that somebody else knows you better than... Isn't it exciting to know? Well, hold on, Pat. Depends on what he knows. He knows everything. There's nothing that God doesn't know about you. This is why when you pray, be honest with him. You know, like really be 100 with God and say, God, okay, God, I, you know, I understand. I, I, I'm struggling a little bit here. Come on, somebody. I'm having a hard time right now, but, but you already know my thought. You know, before words are my mouth, the Bible says you know it. Amen. Be, before I even blink my eye, you know what I'm going to do. You, Lord, you know all about me. Do I have anybody? And then he says, God has freely bestowed. Man, I don't deserve it. I'm going to tell you right now, I don't deserve it, y'all. I do not deserve anything that I do have. But I thank God that he doesn't base it on my goodness. He bases it on what his son has done for me. Aren't you glad? Aren't you glad you're blessed today? Aren't you excited that you have some blessings that does not belong to this realm? But spiritual blessings that can, amen, help you in this life. Look what he says. He says in verse 7 now, in him. Now, there's a whole doctrine of what it means to be in him. In him means that you have accepted Jesus and now you are literally in him. Okay? He says, in him we have what? So write this down. The first spiritual blessing that we possess here is redemption. Now what does the Bible mean by redemption? Let me give it to you. This, I, I was I was going to use another word, but let me just use practical. Just tell your neighbor practical, okay? Redemption in Christian theology refers to the mystery of God's delivering mankind from the evil of sin and restoring man, watch this, to the state of grace by an act of his divine power And merciful love. Isn't that awesome? I'm going to say. You want me to say one more time? It is God delivering mankind. From the evil of sin. And restoring him. To the state of grace. By an act of his divine power. And merciful love. In other words. When God redeemed you. You know what that word redeem also means? It means to buy you back. 
Where did he buy me back from, Pastor? The slave market of sin. Here's, here's, what, well, what's the purpose of redemption? To deliver us, write this down, from a frustrated existence. We needed deliverance from a frustrated what? Existence. Simply means to take God at his, at his word, watch it, as revealed in the Bible, placing your faith in the Lord Jesus Christ, and you are justified, you are redeemed. He says redemption. The text says he, in him we have redemption through his blood. Listen, what is the promise of this? This is to say that Christ achieved victory over Satan and the cross. And therefore now he extends that grace to us. Aren't you glad you're redeemed? Aren't you glad that you're set free? Aren't you glad that you're no longer bound to sin? Listen, the only reason why sin is ruling in some of our lives is because we allow it. It's a choice. But you have been redeemed. I'm going to say it one more time. You and I, we've been redeemed. God has redeemed us through his blood. But look what he goes on to say. He says, secondly, the forgiveness... The forgiveness of our what? Trespasses. So here it is. Here it is. Here it is. This word forgiveness. Right, right. You, you know, I need forgiveness, but I really need the forgiveness of God. I may offend a few people, but ultimately I need his forgiveness. But here's the thing, I don't have to do anything to earn his forgiveness because the text says, after he redeemed me, he what? Forgives me. In other words, he has taken everything I have done, past, present, and future. Put your Bible down, put your Bible down. Grab my grab my illustration for me, my brother. Amen. Grab that right there. Good. So now let's talk about forgiveness real quick. Redemption and forgiveness. Stand right here so everybody can see it, right? So this is my life. Okay? And we know we know that we're born in sin. Right? We know that. God knows all about our sinning. We know this. We know this for a fact. And we know that sin comes into our lives and messes us up. But at the point of redemption, we are clean. You get it? All right. But here's what happens as a believer. This applies to the believer. Redemption and forgiveness of sin. Now, every now and then, or every day, some of you sin more than others. 
Guess what you do? You, 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 you've been redeemed. Tell you now, I've been redeemed and I've been forgiven. I've been redeemed. I've been forgiven. I've been redeemed and I look good, don't I? But I'm still in this what? Body. And sin comes in, but listen, I've been redeemed and I've been what? And I sin. But every time I sin, the blood of Jesus Christ. Sin can't dirty up my life no more because I've been redeemed. And I've been, and the more I sin, the more his blood covers my sins. So I'm nice and clean no matter what I do. Thank you, my brother. Listen, I, I guess I didn't need that. It's still clean. See, the redemption and forgiveness doesn't stop after you get saved. It continues as long as you live. But people will try to tell you that if I mess up, God won't forgive me anymore. But it's a spiritual blessing to be forgiven by God. Aren't you glad? That you are forgiven, past sin, present sin, future sins were clean. And oftentimes, what the devil tries to get you to focus on is what you did in the past. But God looks at you like that all the time. You're clean. That's what redemption and forgiveness is all about. But look what he says next. He says, according to the riches riches of his what? Grace. So write this down. Amen. So the first thing is we have the spiritual blessing of redemption. Spiritual blessing of being forgiven of our sins. The next thing is the spiritual blessing of his grace. Now. Let me help you with this. Grace. That which causes joy. Pleasure. Gratification. Favor. Acceptance. Watch this. For, a, for, for kindness. God's favor is done without any expectation. Grace delivers us. Grace. Watch this. Sin turns us into addicts. We're slaves to sin, but God's grace breaks the bondage. I was going to use a chain today for that one, but God's grace breaks the bondage, amen, of sin in our lives and causes us, watch this, grace gives us the power, write this down, it's a spiritual blessing, to say no. Just say no. Grace. I wish I had a few folk of it. Gives us the power to say what? No. And turn, watch this, in a better direction. Watch this, watch this, watch this, watch this, watch this. Let me tell you the types of grace you got. You ready? You got common grace. That's God's love for everyone. You got saving grace. 
You have sanctifying grace. There's the power of God's grace immediately after you're saved to purify your life. You have provisional grace. He provides for you. You have miraculous grace. You have serving grace. Every believer is freely given a spiritual gift to serve God. That's serving grace. There is sustaining grace. There's suffering grace. There's traveling grace. There's waking up in the morning grace. Tell your neighbor I'm blessed because I have grace. If you're not expecting his grace, it's a choice. Let me tell you something. You and I need that grace. Tell your neighbor I need that grace. Practical. I need grace when I mess up. I need grace when I don't feel like it. I need God's grace. So we have redemption. We have the constant forgiveness of our sins. Come on and help me. We have grace. The spiritual blessing of grace. And I'm about to sit down. Lastly, he says, verse 8, which he what? Lavished on us. So everything I just told you, not only do you have some of it, but you have all of it. As a matter of fact, as a matter of fact, as a matter of fact, when he says he lavished it on us, Here's the next blessing you have. You, want, you ready for this? You have the spiritual blessing of abundance. Why do Christians live as if we don't have much? When you have an abundance of grace, an abundance of forgiveness, an abundance of forgiveness. Amen. Watch this. Watch this. So, so that blessings. Watch this. We get more than we can even imagine. But watch this. Getting it may take some time. Because God is only going to give you according to your capacity to handle it. But positionally, we have an abundance. Tell your neighbor, I got an abundance. Tell your neighbor, I don't know where your abundance is, but I, I'm trying to get mine. Because guess what? I'm looking for my abundance. But look, you need grace to achieve it. Maturity and faithfulness positions you for abundance. Here's the promise of abundance. You have an abundant love. You have abundant blessings. You have an abundance of favor. You have abundance of forgiveness. You have an abundance of strength. You have an abundance of faith. And God is saying to us today that what you have, you have to tap into it. I've been focused too much, Pastor, on the external. I, I need to focus on the spiritual blessings that I do possess so that I can walk in his favor. 
Because your daddy says, I own everything. And because you've been adopted, because you're part of my family now, I want to open up the windows of heaven. And I want to pour out to you blessings in abundance. But you're saying, Pastor, my life, the way it's going right now, it doesn't look like that. But let me help somebody with something. You got to know the difference between a test and being disciplined. You got to know the difference between a test and being disciplined. Because when you're being disciplined by God, the outcome is always going to be blessings. But when you're in the world being disciplined, come on somebody, you'll find out that the outcome is always going to be frustration. It's always going to be depression. It's always going to be dark. But thank God as a believer, I may lose everything today, but you cannot take my spiritual blessings. Anybody here this morning want to shout to the Lord this morning? And say thank you for my blessings. Thank you for your grace. Thank you for your forgiveness. Thank you for redemption. Why? Because I've been redeemed. I no longer belong to the world. And whatever I do in the world. It is to bring glory to him. Thank God. That I can appreciate. Hey. My spiritual blessings. Why? Because God. Keeps giving it to me. In abundance. I'm going to have an abundance of joy. When I leave here today. I'm going to have an abundance of peace. When I leave here today. I'm going to skip jump. And say thank you Lord. Why? Because you keep giving and you keep on giving. And no matter what the devil may say about me, I still have his grace. Oh, amazing grace. How sweet. Hallelujah to his holy name. And when I think about not just that, but the goodness of God and all that he has done for me. I can't do anything but say hallelujah. 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 Thank you for your grace. Thank you for forgiveness. Thank you. George Wallace, Governor George Wallace. In June 11 of 1963, he defied the federal court by standing in front of the doors of the University of Alabama to keep two black students from entering in. He said, you'll enter in over my dead body. He was maintaining a system of segregation in the University of Alabama. The only problem was... That the U.S. government sent down U.S. marshals to escort the two students. 
They said, Governor Wallace, you have two choices. You can remove yourself from in front of these doors or we can remove you. But one thing is going to be the case. You're not going to block the law of the United States. Which says that you must not maintain segregation at this university. Things are going to change today. Now you decide whether you're going to get out of the way. Or whether we're going to get you out of the way. But you need to know you got to get out of the way. When God joins us in the lion's den and Satan has taken a stand against you and he's gotten your boss to stand against you. He's got your friends to stand against you and everybody is standing up against you. God wants you to know that's not the final decision. There's another court in heaven and when that court sends its marshals to this court it will always overrule the system down here there's another system watching a spiritual blessings no matter what happens here on earth you are protected you are guided and you got God's grace give God a hand clap of praise His system will not work. You are blessed just because you lost something. Just because you don't have nothing. Just because you're trying to get something doesn't mean you're not blessed. Value what you have spiritually. You've been forgiven. I don't know a sinner who could come out clear as water without Jesus without Jesus we're still dirty but it doesn't matter how much sin God forgives you that's the blessing. That's the spiritual blessing of forgiveness. So stop beating yourself up and embrace the forgiveness that Christ gave you on the cross. He forgave you. He redeemed you. If we can tap into that abundance, what does God have? Cattle in a thousand hill. The earth is the Lord, the fullness thereof, and they that dwell in it. Is there anything too hard for the Lord? Come on, y'all. Is there? Nothing. Nothing. So they stole from you. You're going to get back more. Because what the devil stole. Belonged to him. You don't want that stuff back. And if I say to you. And if I declare to you. He lavished it on you. 
abundance. Abundant love. Abundant grace. If you operate in grace, you'll be blessed. I think, I believe, if you're operating grace, let God's grace guide you. You know, I take, I take, I think sometimes we take it for granted that we drove all week long up and down these dangerous highways. We made it home another night. Come on, come on, come on. It ain't you being smart. It's God protection on your life. It's that it's that protective grace. And so I'm saying, I'm saying to you this morning, trust him. But you got to trust him with all your life. And even when life goes bad, his grace is sufficient. In the last month, we have experienced so much, so much, so much, so much, so much pain, so much suffering, so much. But we're still standing strong. And I'll tell you why. Because everything I preach, I got to live. I can't stand before you and tell you and encourage you to do something that I ain't doing. Okay, so what I'm saying to you is trust God no matter what it looks like. Put it to the test. Matthew 6. You said you know. Well, God, I ain't got no money. I ain't got no job. I ain't got no husband. I ain't got no wife. I'm all by myself. Now I'm standing on your word, God. And I'm asking for your grace. I'm asking you for grace today. You know, if you allow God to be your father, fathered by God, I taught some lessons on that. And that was some tough lessons, right? I did in Bible study. Because we all realize, some of us, not all of us in this room, we ain't never had no daddy. So we don't know how to relate to him. Why? Because, you know why? Because it's awkward. But let me say this to you. I've learned how to be a son. God said, one thing I require of you, humility. Men, if you humble your life to God, humble, humility. Humbling yourself to God doesn't make you weak. It doesn't make you, that's what a father wants from a son. Respect. 
humility, love. And I want to say this to you today. He will always take care.